time to podcast. This is episode 33 of Insert Credit. I'm Alex Jaffe, and my most recent day one purchase was Anarchy Reigns. Oh, uh, my name is Frank Zafaldi, and my most recent day one purchase, jeez, I don't remember, uh, Grand Theft Auto 4, I think. Wow. My yeah. name is Tim Rogers, and my most recent day one purchase was Sonic the Hedgehog 2. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Brandon Sheffield, and my most recent day one purchase was probably one of my friend's games, so Ouch. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, like, Ziggurat. Nice. Oh, wow. Nice. I didn't really play it though. Sorry. You've got yeah, it. Don't you? I got a oh, bunch. You have it. Have it of course I have it. I got a Wait. bunch of my friends to buy Ziggurat who have never played it, but it doesn't matter. They they bought it. And that's really I actually cool. bought both of Tim's games. Oh great! One. So uh, so tennis would be the most recent yeah, day one. Tennis was my most recent. Yeah. But that's not like a real game though. Yeah, it's not a real game nor a real purchase. So yeah, they're just they're not real. It's a real Is purchase. It a real day? I mean, it's not even a real day because, like, the release date of these iPhone games is so tenuous. That's still the day. Yeah. It's, it's a real day. Yeah. Days can't phase out of existence. All right. I gave my answer as kind of a joke, but I bet there was another one. I just don't know what. I'm really, I'm trying really hard to think what I might have bought. I mean, it would probably have to be something what I pre-ordered. Like, oh, uh, King of Fighters 13. Oh, KOF 13. I got that free on PlayStation Plus. So I yeah. guess I won, huh? Well, I bought that a couple of years ago. I guess I won, huh? <laughs> Something. I guess you did one, huh? Yeah. All I right. guess I 13, huh? This <sighs> is the Insert Credit Podcast, where I introduce a ridiculous topic, you guys discuss it for six minutes, and then we move on until we hit a lightning round, and whoever does the best wins the show. Blurf. Uh, let's, I'm going to uh, win. I'm going to win. I hope so. You're all going to do, Frank. Who, I'm, 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 I'm secretly rooting for you, Frank. Okay. Who, 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 who won last time? time? Uh, nobody won last time because it's been too quick. It's been too soon to judge. We're uh, recording this only two days after the previous episode. That's true. For our lost uh, time last week. So let's transition to number one because by default, I guess I won the show. All right. Nice. What was the most painful hour of a video game you've ever played? Mm. All the hours. Oh, man. I, uh, like, I'd say... It, oh, go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, this is actually... I have literally a painful hour, uh, which is not... Uh, it's not a cop-out answer. It's not going to be like, my arm was broken and I played this. It's... Uh, uh, I played the beginning of the game Dororo, uh, bl- released in the U.S. as Blood Will Tell, which I don't understand <laughs> what that name is. But uh, It's a cool uh, name, though, I think. It is, it's, it's a pretty cool name. It's about a guy who... Uh, who has to, who's who's like had forty seven of his body parts sold to demons before he was born, so that uh, his father could have a more prosperous whatever. And uh, you have to fight demons to get your human body parts back. And as you get them, you uh, you actually get weaker, which is kind of interesting because you you've got these robot parts. Uh, your guy's not uh, Dororo. He's Hyakimaru is the guy. But anyway, the beginning of the game was in black and white because you have to win your eyes. You have to fight a demon to win your eyes. Oh, that's pretty cool. So the game's in black and white, but all of the heads-up displays are in color, okay? So you're fighting. There's, there's, uh, like, a life meter for the boss on the screen, which is green, and it turns red as you hit it. And it turns out that 
okay, I was in a car accident when I was four years old. My right eye popped out of my head and had to be put back in. I still have a gross scar, and I'm missing part of my ocular orbit. And my right eye behaves very strangely. And one thing is video games sometimes mess it up. Like, I can't play split-screen Mario Kart, for example. But uh, uh, for that first half an hour or so of the game, Dororo, uh, where there's color heads-up displays on screen, and there's like a color uh, life meter, and everything else is in black and white. I had never experienced anything that that freakish with my eye, because my eye was like in severe pain, and it was just like like jittering around the whole time. Like it was so, trying to focus on the like right. It was, yeah, like it was trying to focus on something, and it couldn't figure out what to focus on. And wow. I had to like keep looking away, and I'm like, I should probably not play this game. And I'm like, but I want to. Sounds like your eyeball needs to nut up. Yeah, my eyeball needs to nut up, shut up, man up, suit up, shoot up. It's got to do it's all better. sorts of. Yeah, it's got to do all those army. I kind of do want to. I kind of do want to play that game. I played like a a demo of it, and which of course did not get that across. So. Oh yeah, Maybe I mean, I, I I played the whole game, and it's pretty good. Because um, you, you get your eyes after that first boss fight, and then yeah. the whole game is in color, and it's like, yay. No, I, I heard about it. Uh, I heard it had some neatness to it. Um, but uh, I would say my most painful hour <laughs> was when, for some reason, I fooled myself. <laughs> or it, Tim's got that coffin going on. <laughs> don't die, Tim. It. Move on. Soldier Tim, through. don't die. Go for it. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I was playing. What's that? What's that? That game? What got tiny people in it? Tiny hotel. Tiny tower. Tiny tower. That's the one. Tiny hotel. Actually, <laughs> I played tiny. Tiny hotel. Tiny, tiny tower. Tiny hotel. Tarot. And um. Tiny and hotel. That game is not fun, and nope. I, I was convinced somehow by a bunch of people playing it. That who I was friends with that maybe maybe it was fun and it was so not fun it was so aggressively not fun but it compelled me to keep coming back because it kept I, I didn't know how to turn notifications off yet because I had had my iPad for like two days and uh, and it would just keep shrieking at me to refill the the like the coffee or or it's something else, <laughs> or just do something. And, that sounds uh, like more than an hour. It was, it was more than an hour, but just the, the hour where I was continually doing it and not understanding why like, you were doing what the it? point yeah. is, why I was yeah. doing it, and then finally decided to delete it, that was probably one of the most painful hours. But I guess I've had a bunch like that, like in, like in Animal Crossing. I don't like that sure. game at all. I just so, don't like that game. I think mine, now that I've thought about it, is in a Wii game called The Adventures of Zack and Wiki, which was oh, this that game. horrible Konami thing that all the reviewers just uh, adored because it yeah. kind of played something like a point-and-click adventure, for, but not For really. like a year, whenever anyone would mention how there are no good games for the Wii, uh, in there that there no say, have you played Zack and Wiki? Grown-up games yeah, for the right. Wii. So was, that, was, was, his, was his last name Pedia, or, did I, or, or is that not... Um, I didn't really get to the ending, so I don't know. But uh, the game was about these animes that's, that ran around and were all anime, and uh, so it was it was kind of like like refining point and click adventure games, these mini puzzle levels, and it's it's an okay concept, I guess. But 
the checkpoint system in this game was terrible. So the most frustrating hour I had was being stuck on this one level where um, I would play the level for about 10 minutes and then get to this puzzle, this timed puzzle that I never figured out that would kill you instantly if you didn't have the answer. And so I would die and have to go back 10 minutes. And not only would I go back 10 minutes, um, within that 10 minutes is this bonus collectible mini game uh, that that I had to keep resolving because solving it once for some reason doesn't save. Mm. So like to, to get that dumb item that from the mini game, like on the path to this puzzle, I had to keep replaying it. And it was this rhythm mini game that I perfected the first time. That sounds pretty awful. Yeah, it was terrible. Zack and Wiki. Okay. Whack and Zicky. Whack and Zicky. PK Moms says... Moms? Yeah, PK Moms. We got a mom listener? <laughs> yes! Design an educational game for fifth graders that teaches them not to be assholes on the internet. Ooh. That sounds impossible, but uh, I could try. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, like think, I, I, don't, I don't think it's fifth graders. I think the kids get to be like... Seventh grade before they when they become psychos on the internet, right? So I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I think I think it's it's middle school, so I think we'd have to say sixth grade. The yeah, actual sixth, terms of the topic grade. is that uh, their teachers make them play this game twenty minutes a day. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not okay. Twenty minutes a day. And okay, and let's stick to fifth graders. We're teaching them early before. Yeah, they that's why. Yeah. Teaching um, them early is the good thing. Well, uh, you might. I mean, do do we want to do this with positive in- reinforcement or negative reinforcement? Because you can make them feel like assholes. You can make them feel bad yeah. to know what it well, feels like. Make, to make them feel bad presumes that feeling bad is what they want, well, or that they no, that they want to be jerks. That being no. jerks is no, no. We 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 yeah. want them to know that doing things can make can make other people feel bad, and that uh, you know, like why yeah. not? No, I mean, I mean. Why not make them feel good for doing good things? No, I know. I'm saying it so we have to choose if we want to make them feel good for doing good things or bad for doing bad things. So I, I think positive I think reinforcement is nicer. But I, I think but it's harder to more effective. Yes. Like, I think, I think what you want to teach them right away is that bullying on the Internet has actual real-world consequences. You um, know what might be what might be nice is to have it be about positive reinforcement like you should do this nice thing for this person but give you the option like it encourages you to do nice things but there is the option to grief people that yeah. you wouldn't you would have to actively think about it you would have to actively kind of try to be a jerk and, and then something really bad happens like yeah. that person is oh and now they're dead because they kill okay, the- <laughs> you feel like a badass it makes you feel like an asshole yeah well, nice. then why, why would, like, kids would only do the bad stuff as a joke, and they wouldn't be affected by the negative outcomes because they, they knew going in that they were being a jerk. Maybe, well, I mean, what if it's rare? What if doing the bad thing is rare? It's, it's unusual that you could do it. Maybe. I, th- I think you have to tempt them with the bad stuff because the bad stuff's going to be tempting in middle school. They're, you know, they're, they're going to they're gonna experience a lot of peer pressure and want to make the wrong choices and, and alienate I don't people. think it's necessarily 100% like sign. What the heck was that? I, uh, I, don't, I, think, I don't think it's scientific or whatever that people are uh, 
going to be tempted to be bad. I was never tempted to be bad. Yeah, I wasn't either. Grade. Oh, I'm not saying it's scientific, but what we like like to me the point of this is to teach the kids who would who would go that way that it's wrong before they do. What what about a game like, so Journey was trying to solve that problem, not not to solve the problem, but it, they they wanted people to have only good interactions on on the internet. They they didn't allow them to be jerks to each other really. Yeah. Um and it you know, people would draw hearts in the in the in the snow at the end of the game to show their thanks to each other or something like that. Of course they could also draw like a giant penis if they wanted to, so Penises, know, maybe, yeah. Maybe that's a thing that would happen. But um it's perhaps something that limits their interactivity with each other. Um but that I think the more you limit people, the more they want to kind of push against that and then find ways to to do lulzy things. Yeah, I'm still stuck on on tempting them to do bad things, letting them have fun do the ba- doing the bad things, and then show them what they've done. Like I, I I think there's really something to that. I think it's a simple, stupid, you know, choice of the dragon style game. Uh, but what if where... it doesn't affect them at all? What if they're like, haha, now the guy's dead. Well, well, then they're probably hopeless. Maybe, but they are probably yeah. But they are they are young people, and it's hard for them to know about stuff. Consequences are hard for them to understand anyway because they're so sheltered from consequences in general by their parents. I think with clever writing, you could affect them. That what if the answers are stored by the government, and whoever's the biggest jerk gets drafted into the army? Oh, here's would, here's something. That's a good what, idea. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I think there should also also be a computer that registers like who actually buys good and plenties and jujubes at the movie theater. <laughs> I like good and plenties. Yes. They should they should scan the person's retina and then uh, put them on the uh, on the watch list. Yes. On, like the. Uh, because like who's who's gonna chew on that during a movie? Seriously, like, I'm not gonna do that during a movie. Black, shake black the shake the box, heart. and then put them in their mouth and just be oh, <laughs> breathing through them. Um, I mean, I can excuse a Mike and Ike. So that no. no, I can't. The uh, the the Giving Tree. Y'all read Giving Tree? Yeah, I read the Giving sure. Tree. That 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 book makes me feel real bad. Yeah, um, I feel like if you could make the the video game equivalent of the giving tree, people would be like, oh my god, I have to be nice because Yeah, that'd be good. The punching like if, tree. If 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 you've got if you've got some something that is that was a Minecraft joke. That is like giving giving oh, things right. to you and just uh but but becoming worse and being like, No, no, it's fine but you're like, Oh my god, you're you're killing yourself. You turn into this little tiny terrible blob now. I think um, the Giving Tree, the video game, would be basically as cool as Dante's Inferno, the video game. Yeah, it's, it's true. <laughs> I, I, the, I, and the Giving Tree would be a skill tree. I, the giving <laughs> skill tree. No, I didn't. I didn't mean directly do that. I just meant bring oh, that that feeling yeah, over. It would be cool though. Yeah. Uh, I think. Oh man. I I, I want to say that the Giving Tree video game would probably turn it into a Lord of the Rings style end. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Aliens, okay. Colonial Marines seems oh. to be the next Resident Evil 6. In terms of being a high-profile title, the mainstream game media is comfortable with skewering. Could this be a positive trend of discerning game criticism? No. No, it's... It, I think it's just it, an accident. It's just yeah. more bad games are coming out. It's yeah, just, I think... the, the game is so bad that I don't think it means anything other than it's a bad game. 
Yeah, I think I think it just means that we're starting to finally see uh, kind of like. Well, okay. First of all, no video game has ever been better than a B movie in any regard, right? But <laughs> we're we're starting to see even in the video game world, we're starting to see the equivalent of a B movie, which mm-hmm. is what that Resident Evil Six and that uh that Aliens Colonial Marines or whatever it's called. Colonial, yeah. Monster Energy Drink presents Aliens Colonial Marines. Yeah, yeah. You can actually. Did you guys see that you can get a Monster Energy Drink yeah. downloadable armor? Nice. Alien, I didn't see that. Alien Scolonial Marines is what I yeah. called it, by the yeah. way. Yes. I think that's the name of that game. That game looks pretty bad. Have you guys have you guys scoped it out? Well yeah. I I've seen I've seen the git the the gif rather, I hate saying it that way, of uh of the the one um xenomorph just waddle, waddling by. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's pretty I, uh, good. I saw a video on Polygon of, of uh Chris Plant, who's a cool dude who would probably be really good on this podcast, come to think of it, um, talking about the game, uh, kind of reviewy. And, and what he said, which I thought was uh, pretty true, was that the aliens in the game somehow look more like guys in alien suits than they did in the movie. Hmm. <laughs> That's pretty great. That's funny. I kind of get that impression uh, looking at some of those videos, yeah. I did I did an interview with uh, Randy Pitchford um, just a few Pitchford. days ago. That good, that guy. Okay. What, what a champ, that guy. And uh, and now I'm feeling like I don't know if we could publish it because I was asking him questions as though the game were good. You know, <laughs> oh. like like I I, I was asking questions because I hadn't played it or really seen it, and I was like, so how do you do like pacing with things, and how do you how do you deal with uh, horror when people can expect stuff or blah, blah, blah? I mean, I guess people can... Oh, you should definitely publish it now. People can measure those answers against what actually comes out, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. It might. It's just going to look like I didn't play the game because I didn't because it wasn't out you didn't, yet. yeah. <laughs> so, so what's You should, what's you so should publish it with that disclosure. I just have I just have better uh, insight if I had played it. So uh, everybody says the game is bad, but I I, I skimmed a couple of reviews because God darn I can't stand to read most of what people. No, write I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I haven't even gotten that far. So I only read one review of the game all the way through, and that was the baffling Electronic Gaming Monthly review. What what, what was baffling about it? What did uh, they, they gave it, it a nine. nine out of ten? It, oh, and it's just filled with like the most loaded, sparkling. Uh, I I just I don't understand. It's basically an old EGM review from like 1992, but yeah. modernized somehow. It's just that like makes the, sense. The, yeah, it's the bullet points from the back of the box, and then like if you're an Aliens fan, you're in for a good time. And he he actually said the word epicness. Oh, there's my cat. Um, he said my the cat. word epicness in his review, and then epicness. he gave it. A, he gave it a 90 for some reason that he didn't really uh, explain. Maybe I'll check it out. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wasn't gonna, but now I might. I want to head over to Target right after uh, this is over. Get me. <laughs> I so really want to buy it for five dollars so bad. The, the I will guy, yeah. The guy who sits next to the guy that animated that xenomorph GIF sequence tweeted at me on the twitters. Oh yeah. Um, Saying that that the guy who who did well not the anim he didn't animate it he he made he scripted that scenario in uh, he's a level designer uh-huh. and uh, he said that he was happy that anyone was recognizing his work for any reason <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and oh man 
And he, apparently the reason that it was like that is it was supposed to be an older xenomorph, and that's why it moved differently, which was not a very exciting answer. I was hoping he was going to be like, this xenomorph really had to go to the bathroom, or like, <laughs> it, 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 this, these marines had been around murdering its children, and it was just in mourning, and so it was well, like, oh, don't bother me, I'm just going over here. The explanation that you had, Brandon, was probably my favorite, which is that it looks like it's trying to get to the store before it closes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta get there. Gotta go. Nice. <laughs> <That's pretty> nice. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I guess I kind of want to play this game if it were $5, just to see what's so bad about it. Cause yeah, I want to do that. It's Colonial Marines. I mean, because God Hand got a 3 out of 10 from IGN. So maybe, maybe this game's amazing, yeah. Maybe it is, yeah. I mean, it's I probably not. Real cool stuff. I've seen some of those videos of the, the AI. Apparently, the AI is not good. I think it's. I, I think it's interesting that um, Gearbox has basically made a a job recently of taking games that were canceled and finishing them. Because uh-huh. they did, they did Duke Nukem Forever, and then they did this. Those are like their. I don't. Uh, did they have another release in between those? I forget. Borderlands Two. Oh yeah, Bore Two Lands, which is actually a really good game, I think. Um, so but uh, that's 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 a pretty it's a pretty weird thing to go and do is be like, all right, everyone else gave up on this, but we're gonna finish it, and then they do. Maybe if it wasn't already taken by Bungie, their uh, slogan should be "Finish the fight." Yeah, because Scalonial Marines was uh, six years, and Duke Nukem. Uh, forever was over ten. Scolonial Marines. If you ran a major video game convention, how would you do it differently than the others? I do run a major video game convention. Oh, really? really? Tell us about it. <laughs> yeah, it's in my house. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty major. Is it going on right it. now, Tim? Did yeah. you just like get away from the massive crowd to record this podcast? Yeah. So have have you guys seen that uh, twenty eight weeks later movie? Yeah, no. Twenty eight weeks later, uh, it's it's. Yeah, stars, I've seen twenty eight weeks later. Yeah, Slater from uh, from um, Saved by the Bell. Yeah. But anyway, I have uh, seen it, the I have seen the mini series Twenty Eight Days Later, which was a parody. Oh yeah, that was actually a real thing. God darn it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so in that in in twenty eight weeks later, they their solution for when zombies attack is to lock everyone inside a room, lock it from the outside, and turn out all the lights. I think that's what my video game convention would be like. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, I mean, how, how would I do it differently? I don't know. I would only invite my friends. Well, so, I would, I, I'm assuming it's not like a, a trade show that I'm doing. I'm doing like a fan convention. Yeah. Right? Um, and I've been to I've been to PAX a few times. Um, I I think the one thing that's missing from PAX is people hanging out playing video games. Yeah. Um, so I would find a way to encourage that more. Um, all they really have is like here's the room where you can play games. Like you can go up to this counter and give them your photo ID and you can check out one game at a time and you can sit by yourself and play a game. Um, Although they do have the like the handheld area where you play stuff on sure. the beanbags and such, but uh, I don't know. I think like in, at a convention like that, I think people appreciate like seeing new games or games that are new to them. You know, 
and I would I would find a way to show off like weird and dumb old games more, uh, sure. which I think people at PAX would love. Um, I don't know what form that would take. But make the weird and dumb old games con. Yeah. Goof I mean, troop I, tournament. Yeah, goof troop <laughs> tournament. Yeah, exactly. Like. Uh, I think I think there would be one room that just constantly had like a huge projector with uh, people with microphones playing games, and you could kind of shuffle them in and out. You know, you could have like you know we could have us doing a goof troop tournament. We could have a a game creator like showing off one of his old games or something. It would just a lot of just constant constant activity revolving around people playing and watching video games. So, so here's here, like a kind of baby castles element. I don't know what. Anything here's, about that? Here, yeah. I don't. I don't like baby castles very much. Here's here's what I would do. I would, uh, similar to to Frank, I would want you know to have people playing games as a performance, like playing a really difficult game or playing through stuff together with people announcing things, commentating, and uh, so I would I would make that element of it like Evo or CEO, right. uh, the fighting game tournament things. Um, because those those do a great job of that of having a competition or even a single player thing because they had someone play through I want to be the guy and people were mm-hmm. into it um, and and someone making comments on it that knows what they're talking about that's it's oh, really and fun Brandon, and you've seen some recent like speed run marathons right yeah yeah like throw throw one of those in there have a speed yeah, run room. that, that yeah, kind of stuff invite all the speed runners yeah I would do that and then I would also incorporate the the game showcase weirdo game showcase night thing from Indiecade. Um Tim, did you like that thing? I liked it. Which indie game showcase thing? The the from Indiecade, the the evening game. Oh yeah, thing. yeah, I thought that was cool. It was really cool. They had like they had things like that that one game that I don't remember the name of where it's played by a hundred people with laser pointers. Oh, that uh, in the same space. That, uh, Renga. 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 Yeah, and um, that's Japanese for brick. And Tim had a game there, and there were some other. There were a bunch of games. Uh, Anna Anthropy and Daphne curated a, a like a weird, gross sex thing. Um, yeah, I, I remember I mean, that about thing. games, sex game thing, uh, which was pretty cool. And so I'd 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 put those two things together, and then I'd probably have, um. A couple of sessions, but knowing that that game sessions are generally really bad uh, or um, uninformative, I would mostly focus on inspiring or cool ones, mm-hmm. like having yeah, Chris, cool ones. Chris Chris Petrowski talking about something about how he did, if, like how he thinks about games or something like that would like probably be talks an, for video games. Yeah, like TED Talk thing, or something like where um, John Romero was interviewing Steve Slug Russell, creator of Space War. It was just cool because it's like, hey, there's an old guy talking about an old thing. That's fun. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to inform anyone. I would just try to make people feel like, woo, video games. Them's is pretty cool. I think, oh, I man, think um, video game fans actually do care about history, and I've kind of, I've kind of banked my career around that, and it seems to be working okay so far. Lostlevels.org, Lostlevels.org, Lostlevels.org. Dot org. I would have my I'm major game intervention on it. I, I've been trying to say stuff, and I've just gotten cut off like 60 <laughs> times, so I'm going to give up. I'm not okay. going to say what I was okay. going to say. Okay. It was going to be really cool, though. Nah, I, I'm going right. to give up on it. it. It's too much energy. 
Do you want do you want a monster? Take one of them five hour energy drinks, Tim. Yeah. Maybe I, I have like to it. pay some Zynga credits to get some more energy. I don't have any more five hour <laughs> energy drinks left. Oh come on, you got that huge box from Costco. That was three months ago. Oh. <laughs> Guys, those, you wanna one up this to force Tim to say his thing? Nope. No, no Tim doesn't want to do it now, he's being cranky. I'm not gonna say it. I'm not oh. gonna say it. Let's keep going. What makes one roguelike better or worse than another? What man? Whether it's fun. <laughs> yeah, being fun is like a big thing. Yeah, I'm super into it. Yeah, I like fun games. It's just whenever I've played a roguelike, they kind of seem interchangeable to me. What distinguishes them? Like which ones have you played that's that seemed interchangeable? Uh, like the net hacky type ones. Hmm. Um. Well. I, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm being quiet because I, I really have very little experience okay, so, with Okay, well, the, the ones that I think are the most fun for me are the ones that are a little more action-y. And, uh, I like a little action myself. And have a fun looting mechanic where you get a whole bunch of cool stuff, and some of it's variable, some of it's cursed. And, um, like, I really I enjoyed Cursed Dungeon, which... Or uh, it was originally called Epic Dungeon, then became Cursed Dungeon because the guy realized that the word "epic" is not possible to really use anymore. Overused, yeah, yeah. Um, that game was pretty actiony. You would you would smash yourself up against enemies like normal, but you also had magic spells, four of them that were mapped to your buttons that you could that you could smash on, and and you know it it was a little more skill based. So I like I like a bit of skill. I like some looting, and. Uh, and fun graphics. I don't know, man. Fun graphics are definitely a big thing. Yeah. Heck yeah. I like I like Sheeran the Wanderer too for the Super Famicom or the Super Famicom as they call it in Japan. <laughs> or the Sifk. Yeah, the Sifk. I like I like that one because it's got the weird uh, medieval Japanese theme, and it's got a heck of a dungeon. He's got, got a good got hat. There. Yeah, it's a really good hat. It's a goddamn heck of a dungeon. And I mean, I don't know, these roguelikes are just all math, you know? It's like how mm-hmm. sweet is the math in the game? Is it is it really sweet? You know? And if if so, then you might be about to have some fun. Did hmm. did any of you fellers play the GDC roguelike? What was the GDC roguelike? A guy made it, I don't remember what his name was, but it was an official semi-official GDC Game. I think it was made for Game Set Watch or something like that. Was it was was wasn't there a GDC video game like competition? Was it it wasn't one of those? I don't think it was one of those. Because I remember but, playing a text adventure about going to GDC. Yeah, this was different. This okay. was you were you were trying to uh, you were trying to form a team. You go go around and form a team, but there are guys that will distract you and take away. Uh, your time, specifically video game fans, and you could tell when they showed up because they, it would play the sample that was like, "Video games are a great way to have a good time." <laughs> and uh, it was a horrifying, like it was an existential fear that I felt. I was like, "Oh man!" Like, you I just don't definitely... want to acknowledge that video games are a great way to have a good time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you want to just keep on thinking video games are a great way to get angry. That's right. That's stuff what I mean. you don't like. So that was a fun one, but that was fun because of its concept more than its uh, 
it's it's fun times gameplay. But I liked Epic Dungeon. I thought that was a, a real fun one. I didn't like Hundred Rogues though. I, did, I it felt so empty to me. Not enough rogues. Not not enough rogues, or maybe too many. It's hard to say. That was an iPhone game, right? Yeah. Yeah, Infinite. I played that one. Yeah. iPhone yeah. rogues. Yeah, they they really well, iPhoned well, it in on that one. <laughs> fun jokes. Dad. So so um are 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 we saying possibly that that uh uh imagined environment might play a big part in what makes us like a roguelike? Yeah, environment and uh cool graphics and looting. I think those are the, the and and uh awesome math. I think and yeah, I definitely ones. agree with the awesome math makes a lot of sense. Um I would probably be probably be more interested in roguelikes if they weren't like you're in a dungeon. Um, it could look exactly like a dungeon, but let me let me think it's something else. Sure. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I had a friend who tried to get me into roguelikes a long time ago, and he was the kind of guy who shamed you if you tried to use any kind of graphical interface beyond, like, ASCII, ASCII? characters. Uh, so I guess that's the barrier that's kept me from getting into it. I don't think there are a whole lot of that kind of guy in the world, so I don't think you have to worry about it. And also, most roguelikes are not ASCII stuff anymore. Oh, that's fantastic. I like roguelikes. Roguelikes? I didn't anticipate that my brain was going to change likes as well. And then when it Roguelikes? Roguelikes? I actually have a rabbi named Rovwiliki. So Really? Yeah. So Did, how is his math? How is his math? So... So Rogue and the X-Men could uh, touch people and absorb their powers. Is there a roguelike video game? Oh. <laughs> Mega Man. Well, there are lots of yeah, games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mega Man and Kirby, yeah. Huh? Those are roguelike. Oh, yes. There you go. The roguelike video game. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right, I think we answered that question. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> this is our second Valentine's Week episode. Heck so yeah. here's another Valentine's question. Nice. Which video game character would have your highest enemy rating on OKCupid? Okay oh, man. Oh, man. You mean, like, female characters? Yes, specifically female characters. Like, all of them? I think, like... <laughs> I think... are not the type of lady I would like to hang out with. No offense to them. Yeah, I'd hang, never... the... hang out with Lightning from Final Fantasy XIII... I'd give her a hug. Fang from Final Fantasy Thirteen as well. I yeah. guess the video games I don't like have girls that are interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like Elena from Street Fighter Three, and you like Makoto. Yeah, Makoto. Yes, we discussed have, this on the show before. Yeah, okay. Makoto would have my high friend rating. I feel like um, I would probably have a relatively high enemy uh, thingy with Bayonetta, maybe. Oh man, yeah, yeah man. probably would probably be like a two percent for me. Um, two percent friend, I mean. I I, th- I feel like Princess Peach would be just too bubbly, and she's probably like a Christian, and uh, yeah, and and like yeah. she totally loves she going to the club in, with her girls or something. I think she believes uh, in mushrooms and turtles and stuff. I don't think she believes in. I believe that those exist also, though. So that yeah. we'll uh, I have seen a turtle. Yeah. Yeah, I've never too. seen one eating a mushroom, though. I have seen that. That's seen where the a turtle eating a mushroom. That's where the faith comes well, in, Frank. Well, my, my, uh, my parents, my mom, rather, owns uh, two turtles. And owns. they eat mushrooms. I've just seen them eat a mushroom, not a Does bunch of them. Do you call them turtles? 
What, what happened? Toidles. It just, it didn't, nothing changed. It didn't get bigger or anything. That's really a shame. I know. It turns out Super Mario Brothers is not an accurate depiction of life, and uh, that's really, it's the wrong thing. Okay, who else? Who else would be high? Like, I'm trying to think of who it was that I was enemies with on... Because, on, you know, we all looked, right? We all looked to see who our big enemies were. Yeah, right? so my big enemies were definitely Christians. Yeah. Uh, um, they, all, they all had... Yeah, they were... They were they tended to be very religious and, and boring and, and had children yes. for the most part. Yes. Um, but sometimes they were, they were super club people that, yeah, that I got those too. Yeah. So like, who's a, My who's enemies a big okay, Cupid were all, uh, were all ladies that, uh, I would have, that looked attractive in their sure, photos. Yeah, that happened. And to then me the a ladies, lot. the ladies who were not my enemies were not attractive. It's like, like basically, it, it'd be like so and so chose you. I'd get like an email, and it would be like you could have had a picture of Heath Ledger's The Joker from The Dark Knight, and I would have had more of a boner. You sure. know, <laughs> like I understand like, that. Like, because it was always just like some forty-eight-year-old lady. Burning Lady. I love Burning yep. Man and, yeah. and drugs. And, and, didn't, uh, didn't we both I'm on the same Amos. night? We, I think we both on the same night got that one from the girl in the wrestling mask. Yeah, yeah, we did. That <laughs> oh, that's funny. pretty great. <laughs> it's, always like, it's always like, I'm polyamorous and I don't believe... Don't message me if you, if you believe in monogamy at all. Yes. And I'm like, those are like, those are like my, my 98% friend rating on OkCupid. Okay yeah, that's what happens to me too. And then and they choose me in, and they say that kind of stuff. And I'm like, by the way, only interested in monogamy. I like I say, I would well, not that I have a profile now, but I I used to say that. And they would still be like, click. Yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, also, I got a lot of uh, of high friend ratings from girls who are like, please message me if you don't play video games. Oh yeah, there's <laughs> that one. Like, seriously, I got I got a lot of those. Like yeah. like. Like and I would get messages from girls to be like, "You seem really cool," and I'd visit their profile and be like, "I hate video games." So <laughs> I believe in mono gamey, and that game is near. Mono gamey, mono yeah. gamey, uh, a good one. Yeah, good old mono gamey. Okay, I think I would have a good friend rating with a lot of girls in video games because they're my my real friends. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> they're my only real friends. They're my real ones. Like I think I would have a high enemy rating with the um the lady what tells you what to do in Killer Seven not Killer Seven in um No More Heroes. Uh, no more sevens. Mm. No more no more cause she's I would all, have a high enemy rating with Cortana from Halo because all she does is tell you what to do and I don't like that. Yeah. yeah. You know it's like uh telling me what to do. It's really right. unfortunate that I just cannot think of like an interesting female video game character. Princess Peach, Princess Daisy. Yeah, like, they're pretty interesting. They get kidnapped all the time. Alice, Alice kinda... from from America. Oh yeah, yeah. Alice. She's she's got that really dark thing to her. Yeah. I, I like the have... girl from Deadly Premonition. I said it before. Okay. Dead uh, Pre- how, I would how, hang about, out with her. how about the interchangeable girls from Dead or Alive? Oh, they no. all have the same face. I would have yeah. a pretty high. I think I'd probably have like a fifty percent enemy with all of them. I, that's kind of what I'm thinking too. They're just so like plastic. They, yeah, they're so plastic and just flatline on everything. Well, other than their, their... yeah, I don't. Physical assets, they they're flat mentally, and I, just, I don't think yeah, it would 50%. really. Yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't make much of a an impact either way. I don't think. Like, I don't think they could have be enemies with anyone on OkCupid. Okay yeah, they're just right. so boring. 
Yeah, they have generic. They just an- answer questions at random. Yeah, they just click through them. Yeah, they probably have the personality of a of a computer virus. <laughs> I would have a really high rate um, friend rating with uh, with Pale Wing from Earth Defense Force 2017 Portable. <laughs> I like Pale Wing. Pale Wing flies around with a jetpack. That's pretty cool. And any, really, any girl really that has a jetpack. What? And really bad controls as well. No, they're, they're, her controls are good. Are they? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. They weren't good on the Earth Defense Force on the PS. They's better now. Uh, if well, there are any ladies listening to this show with a functioning jetpack, jet please contact Brandon immediately. <laughs> good old jetpacking. We'll go for a ride on the jetpack. What characteristically separates or should separate a final boss fight from a regular boss fight? Um, uh, there should be lots of really loud, hard music. Yeah. yeah. The final can, boss should I, I have like... a bunch of forms. Not really, though. I don't like that. I like when final bosses aren't, like... I, I like when the second to the final boss is the one that's, like, really hard to kill, and then the, the final, final boss is more thoughtful. Yeah, me too. Mm. Um, so, the, like, to me, that's the ideal. Like, the, the final, final boss shouldn't be the biggest challenge in the game. The final, final boss should 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 sort of uh, close out the narrative, mm-hmm. in a way. Like, it should, it should be a, a sort of falling action conclusion boss. Right. I agree with you. So we're, we we did it. Good. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> I think okay, the final next... boss needs really really good music in it. Yeah, yeah exactly. I agree. Absolutely. But how do you make good music without uh, for a final boss without resigning to the standard boilerplate ominous Latin chorus? Oh, it's uh, easy. You you got you got guitars, which I don't tend to like that much in video games, but you could have it be like that, or you can, uh, you know, you can you can make it completely unexpected. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Just throw something in there. Also, it's 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 not as overused as I feel like it should be. That's a weird f- statement. But um, but big old pipe organs mm-hmm. oh, should pipe be used organs. way more. Yeah, we haven't heard a bunch of those lately. No. Pipe organs. Pipe organs. The uh the sort of death metal uh, uh song at the end of the at the Earthbound final boss. It's a really good final boss. Yeah, that's song. a that's a really good final boss. Mm-hmm. Final boss should be an experience. Yep. Yeah. You should remember it. It should also be kind of scary and terrifying and creepy. Maybe. Yep. Depends on the kind of game. Yeah, it doesn't have to be, but that's, that, that is a good approach for most final bosses. And it shouldn't be, like, creepy because it's like, damn, this is really taking a lot of my skill. Like, I, I don't think yeah. skill-based final bosses are the way to go. I do, I, I, oh, my God, this is creepy. I do like yeah. I do like final bosses when when you're like man screw you final boss I'm gonna defeat you because I don't I don't like what you're doing right now so yeah. sometimes having them be a little frustrating this might just be my weirdness but having them be a little frustrating can actually be good because you feel good about destroying them because they're being a jerk I really I wanted to kill the uh, the woman in Eco a lot so <laughs> um, but, yeah I oh, definitely God. agree with that ouch. What? She was the final boss of the game. She was. The queen or whatever. Yeah, the queen was terrible. By that time, I, I hated her and wanted yeah. her to, to go. Yeah. There's nothing anyway. wrong with that. That's what the game wanted from me. Yeah. Great. That's I don't know sweet. why you're feeling weird about that, Jaffe. Anyway. Did you feel bad about defeating the final boss in Eco? A little bit. Really? Why? why? What did she do that what, was good? Let, let, let's not talk about it. 
It's okay. my own. It's my own little weirdness. It, we, we don't want to go down that hole. Anyway, Whoa. I'm kind of curious about it now. That <laughs> <laughs> we do not go. want to go down this hole. Anyway, well, right. we answered the question, so I want to hear from Jeff. You know, uh, right? So uh, a little <laughs> while ago, I played a like browser flash game, which was just a straight port of the final boss fight from uh, Zelda to the Adventure of Link. That's and a good one. That made and that kind of made me think about. Uh, final boss fights as experiences in of themselves that could be removed from the game and still be seen as a worthwhile experience. Yeah, um, well, like... Typify a boss battle? Alien Soldier is a game where you've got a few minions and then a boss, and then a few minions and then a boss. It's like, it is a boss rush, and Castlevania likes to give you these boss rushes. I don't think Castlevania's boss rushes are as effective as Alien Soldier is, because it's designed that way, but... um. It's kind of a, you know, I think Mega Man is sort of, is, is, the, is the epitome of that. It's, everything is desi- designed around getting to the boss and then getting something from the boss yeah. and then moving on to the next boss. You know, the uh, final boss of Mega Man 2 is pretty good. It wasn't that hard. Like, once you got the pattern down, it was actually pretty easy. And it was really weird and out of nowhere and kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Yeah. I mean, and all of Fumito Ueda, or whatever his name is. The that's his name. Guy. Uh, the sh- oh, like that's the Shadow his name, all right. Shadow of the Colossus final boss was kind of similar in that it wasn't, like, super hard. It was just, like, weird and interesting. And then the uh, wizard at the end of The Last Guardian is kind of the same way. Right. Uh, that goddamn wizard. Know, the, the, uh, it's, uh, he's not at all like the other bosses. And, you know, if you <laughs> like, you, like, it doesn't really matter how much you've buffed out your stats for that one. You just kind of have to use your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got to outsmart that wizard. Yeah. Yeah, turn the controller off and all that. Yeah, I think the Metal Gear Solid games have the right idea with final bosses. I think that's okay. that's my story. <laughs> I, I don't agree with that. Like, 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 2 is just a pure skill-based nope. boss, I thought. Have, have you played the final boss of 4? The final boss of 4 is, like, the best thing. Which one? There's so many. I don't... Which one's the, the final, one? final, final one? The final... Is that, is that is the, the fighting the, game one? Yeah, like, yeah, the one where it becomes a fighting game. God, that's so awful. No, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> I thought that was the best part of the whole game. It's terrible. It's like and then like the Japanese dialogue that they're having while they're fighting is like so hilarious. It's like it's like let us settle this with our f- blazing fists. Let us have this refreshing duel. And it's this like what our final battle. It's like it sounds like they're talking about like drinking some beers, but instead they're <laughs> punching each other. Like the wording is just so awkward, but in a, in kind of a an artsy way that it's really funny. Refreshing fists. <laughs> <laughs> I drink a refreshing fist. The lowest you don't want meta- to have to. The lowest metascore a game has ever received is currently 8 out of 100. What does the game have to do to shoot lower? Uh, what is the well, game that has 8 out of 100? Big rigs over the road racing. Okay. What's wrong with that game? Yeah. Now, to have a Metacritic score, it has to be reviewed by five outlets, I believe, right? Yes. So it cannot be something that you just throw on the App Store as a joke. Like, it actually has to have been distributed and gone through PR and stuff, basically. Um, it seems really hard. Yeah. Like, it, it, it would be really difficult today to go through all that for, like, a, you know, a, a game that would be reviewed. Yeah, this was GameSpot's review of Big Rigs Over the Road Racing. 
so astoundingly bad that it manages to transcend nearly every boundary put forth by some of gaming's absolute worst of the worst and easily makes it into that dubiously extraordinary category of being one of the most atrocious games ever published. Okay, I think reading that has actually given me the idea of what you'd have to want to do it. I think you'd have to do it on purpose. You would have to make a game that is so broken, but which people would actually have some semblance of caring about. So you'd have to, like, you take a Mega Man, and then you just make it Mega Man taking a dump. <laughs> and you just I, have I to press that. the button as hard as hard as you can, and he takes a dump. Actually, no, people would probably or, like that. Or stick with me on this. What if it was Mega Man fighting a bunch of Street Fighter characters, and you just made it really, really bad and disappointed everybody? No, that was that a fan game, man. That was a fan mm-hmm. game. And Brandon, I think it, I think if you yeah. tried, you risk a producer's scenario where people think it's brilliant. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the that's the trouble. Like that's I was realizing as I was saying Mega Man taking a dump that people would be like, ah, meta. Yeah, this yeah. is. It'd be t- like this. This is this Capcom is, is doing exactly. It's it's common. To, it's like self-referential commentary. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. Spring tough time too. for Hitler. The game will not get a seven or lower. No, it'll get like oh. an eight out of ten. So you'd have to. I th- okay. What if you offended people? Like you offended everybody, and it just wasn't funny or anything. Yeah. Dude, what, what did Duke Nukem Forever get? It didn't oh, get that. <laughs> it didn't get that low. Yeah, I think it was in the fifties. I actually kind of want to write something about Duke Nukem Forever again because I feel like. I almost feel like we didn't spend enough time talking about that that sequence yeah. with with the pregnant raped ladies where most of them are writhing in pain but some of them are moaning in in with pleasure. This is like one of the most disturbing yeah. things I've ever seen in a game and like just to 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 kind of absorb what it was actually doing, I just left my character in the middle of this just bunch of ladies that are pregnant that are all some of them are begging to die and some of them are moaning with pleasure and it is such a disturbing strange experience wow that yeah it's 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 really gross i just left my character in there for like 15 minutes some of them explode and aliens pop out and you have to kill them but some of them are just there they're just there forever um and it's it's man that was that was really really a weird a weird experience. How far is that into the game? It's it's how far? I get it's a couple hours in. Is that the point where Duke Nukem goes? Looks like you're fucked. I think that actually might be. Um, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. Because there, and there, there's one where there the two girls that were giving you a blowjob at the beginning of the game are both impregnated, and they say, "Save us, Duke. We promise we'll lose the baby weight." Like that, like that's that is that is like written by a sociopath that doesn't realize what wh- where so the what, line is. So it was so written what, by a '90s game developer, probably the first time the game was it was. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's Gearbox what I was didn't want to, didn't want to uh, ruin the original vision of well, like, Gearbox. They didn't want to taint the vintage. Is what they didn't want to do. <laughs> yeah. Didn't want to taint the vintage. Want so, to profane the sacred texts. If if that you game couldn't get below eight percent, I don't know what you're gonna do. Yeah, because I think I think yeah, game Duke reviewers. Duke Nukem Forever got a uh, fifty. Yeah, 
I think so game I, reviewers in general don't have the the sense of decency required to give Duke Nukem Forever under what it got. Right. So. Okay, to guarantee like a lot of really bad reviews, um, I think I think you have to start a trend. Like I, like did big rigs over the whatever racing did, review wise did that exist review wise before Gamespot? Like did that infamous review? I kind of doubt it. And I'm thinking the other reviews that are piled on top of it were just like in the aftermath of GameSpot, just like hopping on that bandwagon. So you kind of have to do that, I think. You have to recreate that with something so, that is just completely like nothing, irredeemably bad. That there's not, that's not even funny. Because bigger, you'd have to get funny. someone at like IGN or Kotaku to do a really skewing yeah. review of your game. More like Blowtaku. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, should you play we'll the game? Off. No. Also, we'll, we'll, Kotaku doesn't give scores. Then they don't report to Metacritic. Yeah, so it wouldn't work. It'd have to be. Uh, it has to be Gamespot or IGN. Probably IGN. Like you'd have to pay IGN to give us a zero. Like their first ever zero. Yeah. Hey, you'd have to start with that that trendsetter, and then you'd have to have a really. You'd have to make a. You know, you make a cool video of your game when you want to sell it. When you want to get when you want to get good reviews, make a, a terrible video of your game. Yeah, sure. so people review it just in their heads by watching this video. It's just, right, because yeah. didn't big rigs over the road racing have like didn't the car like f- kind of accidentally fly sometimes? Like the physics were like so bad. Yeah. That sounds kind of good. That sounds better than an eight out of a hundred. No, it it had a lot of amusing things to it. That game. Yeah. yeah. A popular peripheral to the original Game Boy was the Game Boy printer. How do you yeah, think sure. games in the future might use a peripheral 3D printer? Oh, baby. I would Print out lo- your dang avatar and your me and also your your character-created character. Because that, that Ed Freeze fella, right, he invested in, um, in 3D printing for your World of Warcraft character. And mm-hmm. uh, pe- people were kind of making fun of him for it. Um, but not me. He, that that was a good idea from the yeah, beginning. Yeah, I don't know why anyone would make fun he, of that. That's, he sure did make. Yeah, he made a whole bunch of that cash money, and he put it into his pocket with that situation. I want to put the money so, in my pocket too. That would be a cool place for it. I have a friend who uh, makes iPhone games, and he's actually trying to figure this out right now. Um, How you use a three D printer in your iPhone kit? Yeah, um, because he just he sees it coming, you know. Yeah. And he's like, I want I want to jump on that first. Um, the only thing I could come up with, um, and I have no idea what the game itself would be like, but the only the only use I could think of in gameplay for a three D printer is uh, something that that prints out a puzzle in pieces. Right. Um, so that like as you're playing the game, uh, you are piece by piece sort of building something that will then. Uh, once it's complete, uh, sort of feed into the the game that you're playing. Also, uh, I don't think that's very compelling. That's really like we talked about it for like an hour, and that's just all I could come up with. Oh, here's, here's an idea: detective style game where it prints out like uh, clues, actual clues. objects, which you have to examine as clues. Yeah, but, that would be really yeah. big landfill waste there. Yeah, uh, I think. What What about reverse Skylanders, where you've got oh man, you've you got have your, characters in the game, and then you can print them. You can print them out and make them toys you can play with in real life, but also maybe they have a board game that you can do with that or something. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah. Reverse yeah, Skylanders would be pretty hot. Like, yeah, what if what if Nintendo was just like, if you get this Pokemon, you can print it out, and then you've yeah. got your... Oh, man. You, you got, 
You're that's God a billion dollar industry right there. That's that true. Sentence. Where's my money? <laughs> so easy. It's really easy to boot like that, though. Um, that's true. And also, I mean, 3D printers are really limited, and they're going to be for a long time. Um, right. But I think you're onto something, Brandon. Like, I think, I think you could, and and it's similar to what I'm saying. You you could you could print figures in pieces. It's like you could print arms that could snap into the the base that you've also printed or something. Yeah, yeah. And there's yeah. something to that. Yeah, and you can mix and match them, and then they, yeah. they'll, because kids liked doing that back in the with the kids swapping out their yeah. Yeah, yeah swapping out their superhero parts. Uh huh. Chill. All right, let's do it. Let's make our millions. Okay. Okay. This sounds like a pretty good topic. This is the topic that takes us right to the top. Don't right. steal it, millions of listeners to this show. The top ick. Oh. Doctor. I'm just going to say that my, my heart's not really in it. No? <laughs> the whole 3D printing thing. Yeah, got, not me either, really. I got, I got other yeah. stuff I feel like doing, you know? I mean, That's cool. like a, a lot of people just see this huge potential in this changing the world, and um, maybe uh, I can see it changing the world of prototyping things, but. That's about it. I don't see. I, really... I want to be able to print a pizza, like an edible pizza. <laughs> yeah, no, until yeah. you can do that. You yeah. know, this is the beginning of tea or gray hot. I have seen three D printed food. It does happen, but it's you know just like sugar based stuff. You know, it's right. not complex. Well, yeah, it's it's like those uh, those darn um, what do you call them? Those those bacon things that they had baking things that they had for kids when we were younger yeah. like the easy bake oven easy bake oven that's what i'm talking about easy bo's as i used to call well, them they had those when our, when our they had those when our moms were young and True. I think they still do facts so it's not it's not our childhood branded yeah, i'd make a cookie out of those i didn't have a childhood <laughs> i came out I, of a cranky adult. Jumping on, I think that's a good jumping on point for our next question i agree right. what is the the day the clown cried of video games I don't know what that is. That is the Jerry Lewis movie, right? Yes, that's the infamous Jerry Lewis movie about a clown in the Holocaust. And it's nobody is allowed to see ever. Yeah, he has a copy, maybe, and that's it. Like no one's seen this movie. And and uh, to give it a little more background, um, he considered this at the time like a masterpiece. Like this, this is meant like it was a serious performance. By Jerry yeah, this Lewis. was his bid for like an Academy Award in his head, and from those right. people, from the 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 accounts that we've heard of people who've seen it, it just doesn't work at all, and it comes across as like excruciatingly awkward to see Jerry Lewis try to play a serious clown in the Holocaust. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what is a video good. game? Yeah, I know. So, uh, God, I want to see it so bad. Yeah, um, everyone does. Is, what is the I'd video game equivalent I, I, of that? So it's got to be a canceled. Every, well, I, I just want to say real quick, I think every video game that gets released that has any kind of serious theme is that it's just they, they don't have the decency to not release them. <laughs> so I think, I think Metal Gear Solid 4 is that not <laughs> released. All right. Um, as far as canceled games, it'd have to be something that's just like, what were you thinking, right? Um, if Duke Nukem Forever had stayed canceled... Yeah. yeah, but it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and it but that's no, it's not quite it. It's not, no, it's no, because we knew it was going to be cheesy, and the whole thing of this is that it has to be imagining itself as the best thing ever. Uh, this is hard because 
I don't know how many things imagine themselves as the best thing ever. That would yeah. be solid four, I think, is the well, answer. Yeah, you they might don't be have, right. They don't necessarily have to imagine themselves as the best thing ever. They just, like, they could... It, like, just the what were you thinking part alone, I think, is uh, it. A, a really um, good answer just occurred to me, but I don't think I'm allowed to say it on this show. Okay. Well, just wait, wait, wait until we've, we've not yeah, we've yeah. failed and then bring it up. Uh, there, chat. there, there was a canceled Super Nintendo game uh, uh, based on the movie Radio Flyer, um, which I've not seen, but I'm I'm told is kind of a horrifying movie to make a game out of. It's a pretty bad. Seen? I've seen the movie. Yeah. Uh, would that count? I'm just like I'm really scraping memories. Here. Was there? There's didn't a game for it come out? Wasn't the game I, released? I don't think so. Are you sure? It was for Super Nintendo. The Super Nintendo one did not come out. I'm sure of that. Super Man. Nintendo Man. Yeah, I think... Yeah, oh, it was canceled. What do I know? I guess I'm just some fat jerk on the internet, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, yes. Ocean. Yeah, that's that's a pretty weird game to uh, to exist. It's yeah. about like some kids who escape from their, their abusive dad by building a a radio flyer wagon where they put wings on it so it can like fly yeah. away from like it's it's pretty bizarre and the um, game was apparently just like a side scrolling shooter where you're just flying in the, <laughs> in the wagon <laughs> i remember seeing it in egm and just being like and even egm you know they were they were pretty dumb back then I, even they were like this is a pretty weird thing to make a video game out of. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I kind of think so too. Oh, hey, how about uh, how about Milo? Oh, man, yeah, that's a good answer. I bet Milo was like the worst video game of all time too. Yeah, actually. I bet there yeah. was no I bet there was no substance at yeah. all to it. All it is is you uh you you pedophilically yeah. uh, diddle around with I, words. I'll against. even wager that Milo was canceled for the same reasons that the day the clown cried was never released. Yeah, sure. which, yeah. which is yeah. Just like, like he, he, he thought, thought he he thought he had something here. Yeah, and then people are like, mm, I don't know about yeah. this thing. They're like, Peter Molyneux, you're not very smart. Can you just like get away from this? Because and then he gonna, did. They're gonna call the cops <laughs> on you. <laughs> and just like Jerry Lewis, he has the only functioning copy of Project Milo somewhere in his basement. That's where right. He, like plays it every night. It's probably like you talk to Milo. You're like, "Hello, Milo," and he's like, "Hi, I'm a child." And you're like, "Would you like some candy?" And he goes, "Yes." And then you're like, "Oh, here's some candy for you." And then he goes, "I have leukemia." And it's like, <laughs> oh, no! it's like it, it, it's it's probably like on that that level of right. Yeah, yeah. I have leukemia. <laughs> I'm going to die of it. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the candy, Mister. <laughs> I think uh, I think Milo's it. Yeah, yeah I think you. I think you found it. Knocked I'm it going to die of it. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you can't well... save me, but you can try. <laughs> you can't save me, but you can love me. <laughs> oh, <God. Yay! laughs> I gotta buzz this right now. I can't. I can't handle it. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> Move on. Here's some chocolate. Milo, draw me a picture of leukemia. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> 
activities. It's time for elevator pitch, guys. We're Goodbye, doing the lightning pizza. round, and this week we're doing the elevator pitch. Oh, okay. EVP. Yeah. So the theme of the elevator pitch is that you guys go in an order that I'll determine. This week, uh, let's do Frank, Tim, Brandon. I was first last time. Okay, fine. We'll do Tim, Brandon, Frank. Yeah. Okay. So break me off a piece of that pitch. You get in an elevator. You have one minute to pitch your idea to this prominent figure in the video game industry. This okay. week is J. Paul Reigns, the CEO of GameStop. Tim. Okay. GameStop. I have to pitch him. What? What am I pitching him? An, an idea? An, yeah, an idea for this guy. For him to fund. Yeah. Yes. All right, GameStop. First of all, what you should change your name to GameStop. <laughs> I forgot I registered that. <laughs> Why did I do the URL. it? URL. I can I can I can hook you up with the guy who can sell it to you. Uh, this way, you will. Uh, a lot of people get confused between the difference between GameStop and GameSpot. So this way, you can kind of absorb both of them. I think you should also you should also start hiring journalists and have uh, video game reviews on your website in addition to. Uh, uh, advertisements and uh, pre-order pages and all that, because I think uh, basically video game reviews out there, all they do is just sell games. So what you could do is just start start running reviews of everything, but give everything like an eight, a nine, or a ten. Didn't you just describe Game Informer? Yeah, well, except now you're you're putting Game Informer into the game's the ah. website. So you're just having it on the website so that when you go there to buy the games, everything's getting a ten. And uh, also, I think... Wait, I'm not done. It's a minute. Oh, and no. I thought I was second. Oh, yeah. I was going to say you also sell... No, sell, I was second. ...sell food inside the store. <laughs> Great. Brandon, go. Okay. Um, here's a game that y'all should fund that is a game that uh, uh, rewards you when you trade it in. You get in-game items when you trade the game back in. And then somebody else buys it. And then... Uh, and then they get an item, and then if they trade it in, then they get an item. And so you just get, you maximize your trading value uh, as much as, as possible. And it tracks how many times the game has been traded in. And, uh, and every time you can just increase your profit on that thing, because you just pay a little less for it, and, uh, and you keep the price about the same. And, uh, and there you go, you guys are back in business. B.I.B. Uh, it's going to be really hard to top that, Frank. But go. Okay, so uh, you just had heard this elevator pitch from uh, Brandon Sheffield. This is a friend of mine. Uh, he actually stole that idea from me, so I'm going to rewind and take you through it from the beginning. Now, you know how some games have a, a code in the package that you have to redeem as the uh, first-time buyer to prove that you purchased the game? What if everyone could use that code after they've purchased the pre-owned version of it? So, you buy the game, you put the code in, and the game rewards you for putting in that code, and it's like, uh, we'll give you more stuff if you get another code. It's like, oh, where am I going to get that code? Uh, they could go online and find new codes, but the game knows because with the Kinect camera, you have to scan your GameStop receipt, right? So you go in, you trade in the game, you buy the game again with your receipt. You walk up to the Kinect, and it says, receipt confirmed. And uh, it ups your, uh, well, I don't know, well, we, I, I know these guys, they can they can turn this into a game, and uh, well, we're, we're good. It doesn't really matter what kind of game. 
Oh, this, this is brilliant and evil. I'm going to stop you right there. Guys, if you want to write in... Uh, it was just my idea. It was just my best. idea with some different if, words. If you it. guys think... God dang it. If you guys think Brandon did the best, and if you guys think Frank did the best, you could write in and let me know. Because I, I guess I guess if you like Tim, you could write in for Tim also. Uh, <laughs> maybe you could write my name in there. Who knows? Games to be topped. World is your oyster. I think games to be topped is probably just by itself a better idea. <laughs> that could be the name of the game that you're saying. Sure. Yeah. All right, we can combine all three of these ideas into one. Well, all 1.5, 2.5 of these ideas into one. Anyway, uh, this has been the Insert Credit Podcast. True. We've been listening to 10 ridiculous topics about video games at six about minutes at a time. And we're going to do that again next week and every week until one of us dies, and then we'll replace them with someone else. <laughs> A robot. style. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, if you want to stick around... <laughs> we're going to die. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> we're we're going to get busy dying. If uh, you want to stick around for 20 minutes after the show, we will answer your questions if you're listening live. If you're not listening live, make sure you do that next week. You could uh, join our Facebook group for updates regarding that. Facebook.com slash podcast. You can subscribe to us on Twitter. I'm at Alex Jaffe. Brandon's at at Necrosofty. Uh, Frank's at Frank Cifaldi. And Tim's at number 108. Uh, make me. sure you go on iTunes. You leave us a review. Give us a nice little rating. Really does wonders for the show. Uh, <laughs> I guess we'll uh, talk to you next week. I'm Alex Jaffe. I'm Frank Cifaldi. I'm Rogers. I'm I got Brandon Sheffield. And this is podcasting. First post. Uh, Podcast over, yeah!